Hello, wonderful listeners, and welcome to episode 37 of the Worldwide Charts Pod. Yes, it's me, your host, Kamal, aka Lump of CSE. Uh, it's been a long ass time since I've been on, and the content has slowed, so I do apologize to all my amazing people who have asked me when I'll be on another episode and when the next one will be coming out. You know, personal life gets in the way, growing up, adult shit, moving house and all that crap. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm here, and I'm back, and I'm joined today with my epic guest. Uh, Marv, how are you, my friend? Well, my friend, I'm doing fantastic. And how about you? Oh, I can't complain, man. I'm for tomorrow, man. I'm for tomorrow. It should be a massive game. Let's get this. Absolutely. And Mikey Mike, how are you, my boy? Doing fantastic, man. Just uh, getting charged up for this game tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I've we got some shit to say. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, my dude, how are you? I'm wonderful, man. This is uh, such a great fixture to come back and review. And yeah, I, I echo that sentiment. I'm I'm really excited about the fixture tomorrow. And I was telling Marv, I, I have no intention of uh, turning off Twitter this weekend. Uh, so it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty compulsory that, that we win. But uh, but yeah, I, I can't wait to dig in on it. Yeah, absolutely. Twitter is either going to be the best place tomorrow or it's going to be the worst place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's Listeners, as you probably guessed, we're going to be previewing the Manchester United game tomorrow um, and getting our thoughts, predicted lineups, and all that good stuff. All right, Marv, so I'm going to have you start. Uh, give me initial thoughts about the game tomorrow, man. You know, we're coming off a 3-3 draw against Southampton, along with a 0-0 against Sevilla in the Champions League. Whereas United, they just beat PSG away 2-1, and then Newcastle away 4-1. But before that, they did lose 6-1 at home to Spurs. So it's safe to say they're incredibly unpredictable. Um, how would you guys, you know, Marv, how would you approach tomorrow's game to Well, I think there, there's only one way that we should. I mean, if we're talking about being pragmatic in, in the approach, the best way to approach this game is by pr- approaching it against teams that do not attack. Man United no longer attack. They are, as so many charts have shown, an effective defensive team, whereas Arsenal in comparison, are a less effective defensive team. Um, so if we're coming up against them, if you look at the losses we had last season, we, we went gung-ho, we went pressing football. I don't think that really worked. We got caught a bit lucky again, some mistakes at the back defensively, and we were out the game because when they're one up, that's when they, they do look good because they camp and camp and camp and then hope for a penalty and something like that. So I think we need to line up with the three-five-two. I think we need to do like we did in the FA Cup semi-final. I mean, on paper, the players we have now offensively should make this even stronger. I mean, we've got Pulisic there that can play as an inside left. We've got Werner as well. Um, Ziyech can come off the bench, hopefully be a bit more fit for this game. We've got Chilwell that can play in a very fast uh, kind of advancing role like Alonso did. And Reese, my man of the match the last time uh, on the right side, I think it's a no-brainer to play that system i don't want to see 4-2-3-1 i don't want to see even 4-3-3 because in this type of game it worked before and i think it would work again because like oh like lampard Ole's not that experienced in terms of tactical plays and i don't think man united have any any way of play apart from camp back and hope for a penalty or counter-attack and if we don't into any of those traps don't make any stupid challenges we should be able to win Absolutely, yeah, no, they're definitely, I mean, I can't even think about how many penalties they get in the last two years, it's just outstanding. Um, so you're thinking 3-5-2 then, so you want three at the back? Yeah, I'm going to go three at the back. I think 
I mean, they have some weaknesses, like uh, kind of far post Aspilicueta getting caught with the crosses, but they don't have many players who are good in the air in terms of when I say not in the air in terms of corners and stuff like that, but in terms of actual, you know, dead but not uh, in play attackers. They've got people that are just more runners in behind, right? And whether or not Cavani plays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, probably would have like Aspi, Thiago Silva and, and Zuma, I would imagine, would probably be the, the three. Although, oh, as always, I'd say I'd like to see Rudiger in contention. But those three, I think, could do the job well. Interesting. Uh, that's, that's the first I've seen, you know, or, or heard of anyone thinking three at the back. That's interesting. So, so Andrew, how, how would you echo that sentiment? Would you, do you like that three at the back or, you know, how would you like to approach tomorrow? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with uh, with Marv's formation. And I, I do think that hierarchy of center backs makes sense. I I think that, you know, to, to Marv's credit, Rudiger is far more in the conversation, especially when considering three, three center backs, than I would have expected him to be at this juncture. And I would say with Reese James and Chilwell, it would be really exciting to see them as as wingbacks uh, sometime this season. I, I think they'll flourish in that capacity. And then I, I really do think that there are going to be a lot of great one-to-one matchups in this fixture. You know, I'm thinking about Kai versus their dedicated DM. I assume that Nemanja Matic will be starting. Uh, Pulisic versus Wambasaka. I would love to see him just make an example of the kid. It would be so lovely to see. And I, I do think Reese versus Alex Tellis is going to be a, a great matchup as well. I think that Edinson Cavani is going to play substantially with Martial being on a suspension as well. Um, but I think with our three center backs, we can keep him relatively quiet. Like Marv was saying, I, they are relatively uninventive. Um, and they don't really have much of an attacking philosophy this season, or at least that I've seen. Um, and it's really just kind of been individual moments of brilliance for them. Yeah, no doubt. That Cavani point makes, you know, that you bring up. We, we've got the number one guy on the planet that probably knows how to stop him and knows all his moves inside out in Thiago exactly. Silva. Mm-hmm. You know, they played together for God knows how many years. So he should, he should know his traits and, you know, how to stop him. Um, so, Mike... How would you set up for tomorrow? You know, how would you like to go about tomorrow's game? Um, yeah, just you know, analyze that for me. Yeah, I mean, we we need to. I mean, three five twos. I mean, I completely overlooked that when I was thinking about this game. But you, Marv's absolutely right. That's how we lined up against them in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, it's either that or four three three for me. And I and I understand Marv's reservations for that. But I mean, we need to get some sort of width on on this team here. And, um, I think, yeah, I mean, I also feel like it's, it's those matchups that Andrew had, had, had alluded to as well. I think those are going to be, um, marquee matchups in terms of what we, what we want to see. And, 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 and it really, this will be a good gauge of how far along this team is. Um, obviously oh. the, the, the champions league, um, you know, draw that we had with with Sevilla was, you know, <laughs> to put it very mildly, less than stellar. But you know, um, I'm yeah, I'm I'm ready to kick these uh, these guys' teeth in, and um, and I'm yeah, it's just it's it's a game that I think we we should win, um, and we should win we should win handily, um, considering you know they've they haven't looked they haven't looked like they've uh, they've improved much, uh, United at, at least. Yeah, you know, so, you know, our recent defensive performances have been, you know, lackluster and also choppy. You know, Man United are honest, you know, let's be honest, 
They're they're pretty good attacking counter attacking team, but that's about it. You know, so Mike, I'm going to say to you. So you know, put your coaching hat on for me, and tell us how we should set up tactically. You know, and what what's it going to take for us to beat the team? I mean, I mean, Marv hit it right on the head. Um, I mean, it's basically going to be don't make any stupid mistakes in in, in the penalty area for one, uh, but. More, more specifically, if we're if we're if we're operating with the three five two, which by all means, I I'm I'm the more and more I think about it, I'm on board with it. Um, you know, it's you know, it's anybody's guess who's going to start, uh, with the exception of Lampard. Um, but and I'll be straight with you, I don't even think he has an he has a handle on it until you know two hours before the match or whatever. But I uh, I, I think it's 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 mainly going to be. Um, you know, I don't even, you know, we'll have to obviously retain possession here, make sure that we track back defensively here. You saw that in the Sevilla game, actually. You know, we saw we saw Pulisic playing much deeper than I think he than he's played in recent games. Um, so I, I think I'd love to see him on the left side with Chilwell. I think everybody wants that. Obviously, we, we have our reservations on who's going to start on that left side, on that left wing. Um, but I think... Um, for me, I, I'm I'm definitely if if it's if it's if he, all things considered here, if he's healthy, uh, I'm ready to activate the Death Star again and start Ziyech on that right side and Pulisic on the left side and just um, and, and I really want to beat the daylights out of them for the first 60 minutes to where this game is in hand. Um, obviously, that's easier said than done because we walked into that you know walked into that West, West Brom game thinking. Oh yeah, you know this is not going to be uh, this is be you know no trouble at all. But clearly, um, you know, tactically speaking, it, it for me it, we got to get wide on this team, whether that's the the usage of you know wing backs or that's the usage of um, you know a four three three formation as well or or in addition to that, um, one way or the other, we have to we have to make sure that we pin these guys back as much as we can so that they cannot counterattack. Yeah, no doubt. And so, do you echo, you know, Andrew's and Marv's sentiments about going three five two, or are you still? Yeah, no. Because you won forty three. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't. We in the coming weeks, we'll have I think the the right personnel to 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 run the the four two three one once we get a specific you know midfielder back from injury. Um, he shall remain nameless, but um, but he uh, no, I think it's um for me it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I hadn't even really even considered it um, before we jumped on this uh, on this episode here of, of the three five two. But Marm's, you know, he's spot on um, with with that. And um, if we wanted to roll with that, or we wanted to roll with the four three three, I've got zero qualms with that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and Andrew, you know, Lampard and both Hakim kind of both said that you know for team news anyway, said that Hakim's not. Fully match fit yet, you know. So, so with that being said, how would you line up tomorrow? Um, do you start Cho? You know, do uh, you do you give Mount on the wing? Like, I know we don't want to see it, but what what do you do in this situation? Yeah, no, I I do I do have a sneaking suspicion that Mason Mount will be deployed out of position. I really hope that's not the case. Um, I actually think, you know, contrary to the approach of you know emphasizing with too much against this side. I think that Chilwell and James are more than sufficient to occupy uh, Wambasaka and Telus. I think those will be great matchups one to one. And what I would love to do, and I think what Spurs found a lot of success um, against United with, 
was really attacking down the middle. And uh, they have a really poor habit of kind of similar to Chelsea, leaving a lot of channels in between their center backs, whether it's a center back pairing or it's specifically, you'll see it when they run a, a three center back set. They really have some difficulty shifting and um, they, they kind of leave this vacuum in between the center backs. So with that being said, I would, I would risk playing Ziyech for a substantial amount of time because I do think that they would benefit between him and Christian Pulisic uh, being able to cut in narrow and attacking the the left and the right center backs if um, if United do end up going with a three center back set. So I think you know we're gonna we're gonna be able to just pack the middle as well and just let Reese and Chilwell bomb up and down, and it's probably going to be a pretty strenuous day for them uh, covering a lot of pitch, but. Again, it's it's kind of like against Southampton. Like we're going to need to trust at least two center backs to be able to intelligently cover because we know that Chilwell and Reese offer a lot going forward, and they are definitely going to vacate a lot of space for us out wide. Yeah. So with that being said, do you do you have a a hunch that he might start as P? You know, just on the sense that he is a little bit more defensive and kind of give that balance. Or do you think yeah. that you know that he starts both Reese and Chilwell and just attacks you know full gung ho from the offset? Well, I, I do think that Aspi is probably in a three center back set for us. He would probably be my choice for the third center back to pair with Kurt Zuma and Thiago Silva. I do still think that Rudiger is a good shout, but the only reason that I don't think that's probable is that it seems like he's relatively frozen out right now. Um, you know, I, yeah. I don't really know how. Uh, in, I know he hasn't been involved in matches directly. He, he's been dropped from a couple of squads recently uh, as well. So, you know, I, I, would, I would say in the hierarchy of that third center back, I would go with Aspi first, Rudiger second, barely, uh, just to give him a chance. And uh, AC at the bottom and Tamori, you know, 10 levels of hell above him. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's some... So, Marv, so say for example, you know, Lampard doesn't actually go three at the back. I know that's what we we would like, but yeah. you know, it, it seems like he's going three, you know, four three two. I mean, sort of four two three one. Sorry, um, just based on the season so far. So, how would you have the team set up in that scenario? Do you go Ooh. SC also? Do you go right back, uh, or do you go Reese? Um, in this case, it has to be Reese for the athletic purposes. But um, I, I think if he does do that and, and we lose this game, then uh, we need to start asking questions and stop like thinking about Lampard, the player, because it just. I, I'm, I, if we win, great, it looks good. But I think there's a lot of problems with that. And uh, I mean, if it were to be with that, it'll be almost the same team we we see to the last week. As long as Christensen isn't in it, we'd have a better chance uh, of winning. But. <laughs> I mean, for, um, my my idea behind the five, the three five, um, it actually suits Mount more. Um, so when you've got Mount, like as we say, you've been playing him on the left, off the left side wing. Um, when we play this system, he doesn't have to drift wide. So actually, when he played in that FA Cup game, he was one of the best players. They scored that goal. Yeah, they should have saved it, but he got the space. He made it himself, and he banged that goal, and that won us the game. Um, right. And so I, th- I think I think we've got to go with this. I think it's the way to beat Man United. That they had, I mean, it's I don't think it's spoken about quite how dominant that game performance was. I don't even remember a chance that they had apart from the stupid foul by Cho that gave him a penalty. And and no, he shouldn't play. 
Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I just think it would be crazy. But if we are to go with a four-two, then it's probably going to be the same team as before, isn't it? Like Jorginho, Kante, Mount on the left side wing, Pulisic on the right, Werner up front. Um, I don't think it's a good idea. I saw an analysis about uh, Pulisic playing on the right because the left side is mainly to accommodate Werner, who takes up a similar position. But if that's the case, why did we buy Werner if he takes up a similar position in a position where we're strong? It just doesn't make sense to me. So I mean, I mean, and I respect the guy who said it. I think he has a lot of pretty cool tactical ideas. But yeah, uh, Joe Trudy. Yeah, I really, I I always kind of, I do like what Joe posts, especially tactically. I think he he does some really great stuff. And in this case, eleven. I mean, having Werner also occupy the same area, it just seems weird for me. But why would you buy a striker? It's going to occupy the left side when we had arguably the best left-sided winger in, in in the league. I mean, right. it, it doesn't add up to me. But sorry, back to what you said. If we do go four-two-three-one, it's going to be pretty much the same team as Sevilla, and I imagine with similar tactics as we played the other day. Yeah. So when it comes to tactics, I mean, you know, the whole let's let's touch on this Mason Mount stuff for a second. You know, we all I think we're all in agreement that Mason Mount shouldn't be anywhere close to left wing. Definitely. You know, all right wing, like ever, like ever again. But. You know, I, I was going to ask this later, but because we're on the topic, you know, Travis asked us, you know, for Twitter questions. Um, and I was kind of like not going to answer it because it was just, I just hate talking about it, but it, it seems like it's so relevant. You know, and his question was, is it finally time to accept that Mason Mount on the left wing is an integral part of the Lampard system? You know, but I, I can't, I can't see it. Like, I, 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 I'm not sure if he's doing it by default, just based on Hakim not being fully fit. But it seems, you know, Mason Mount doesn't play 50 or 52 games last year if he doesn't trust him to the death. Yeah. So, Mike, I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you, Mark. Mike, what what do you think on this whole Mason Mount left-wing thing? Do you think it's just inevitable, or do you think he's doing it out of necessity due to lack of fitness in the other players? Man, I I, I mean, this is all pure speculation, of course, but I, I think... It is inevitable um, it, because, you know, um, past behavior has predicted future, you know, behavior in this respect. I, I, I don't, I would love to see that change, but um, I, I, and again, I think it has something to do with, you know, he's, he, he's sending a message to the, to the boys in the locker room, I guess, that, you know, he's willing to reward people that give that effort and give that, you know, that work hard. Um it it just so happens to be at the expense of the team's performance, um, which I think is a a crazy hill to die on. But um, that's the I mean that, that that's just a theory that I have. I, I don't I don't have anything to substantiate that. But uh, you know you could you could throw a you could throw a dart at the dartboard and and find you know a litany of reasons why he starts him on the left wing when we know that's he's or he, on any of the wings for that matter. We know that he's had a position here, but. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to be proven wrong in terms of, hey, uh, this is why Mason Mount starts on the left wing or or the right wing for that matter. But uh, to this point, we haven't seen that. So yeah, I, I think there's he's doing something, in my opinion, that he's just basically trying to you know use Mount as the poster boy of what he wants to see as far as training goes, as far as practice goes, how you carry yourself on and off the pitch. Well. Maybe not off the pitch, uh, but I think it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, but he's also, you know, he's he's. I think he's a guy that's that rewards effort, uh, 
um, which is, uh, uh, you know, again, I think it's a crazy hill to die on. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's, it's all about practice and training and, you know, call Allen Iverson. We're not talking about what's in the game. We're talking about practice. Exactly, Allen Iverson. <laughs> exactly, man. We're talking about practice. Oh, that <laughs> reference. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. Classic. So, Andrew, do you think, you know, to answer the same question, do, do you think this is a detriment to, to Lampard's tenure? Or, you know, just constantly, I don't want to say forcing Mount because obviously he sees something in it. But, you know, playing Mount out of position seems to be hindering Mount. It hinders Pulisic. It hinders Cho. Then is the team. So Lampard clearly doesn't see it that way. So how would you assess this whole Mason Mount on the wing situation? Yeah, no, I mean, you're completely right. It, it does have this kind of cascading effect in pushing more integral players out of position sequentially, you know, pushing Pulisic out of position. You know, it gives us a dilemma at right wing. It gives us a dilemma at eight. It, it, it almost dictates the system sometimes. Uh, so... Yeah, it's definitely a detriment. And I should preface this with I I really do love Mason Mount and I I rate him as a player and as an individual. And I I think there's a lot to a lot of truth to what Mike said as well about this is a little bit of a statement. I, I know that Mason Mount is likely a very industrious person in training. He's obviously an intelligent kid and a, a student of the game. It it really does just confound reason. Um, how he is consistently selected on the left wing. And I guess roundabout way of saying, I, I do think that Lampard sees Mason Mount in that position as integral to his tactics. And I think that that's a little bit of an indictment on Frank in my eyes. And I, I also think that it's it's had a palpable effect on the results that we've had this season, or at least those types of tactical decisions can kind of show you how we've dropped points to a lot of mid-table and and, um, lower table sides this season. Um, And I I think while we're here, I'm also supposed to uh, give a compulsory (laughs) multi-platform shout-out for our collective friend, Maria um, Mason Mount, when you get around to listening to this. Uh, it's, I believe it's day 32 of <laughs> our friend Maria tweeting you uh, for a follow back or a signed kit. Uh, us at the WWC team have actually already funded the kit. Uh, so all we really need is a signature or a follow back at this point. So you can find her at, at Maria Leb underscore underscore. Uh, we are waiting on bated breath for your response. Thank you. <laughs> well, well done. Well done. I, was wait, I was waiting for you to plug that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, for me, when it comes to Mason Mount, it's like Lampard sees this kind of protection in, on that left side. So because he knows that Chilwell is so good, you know, so good attacking. Um, and maybe I'm not sure if he trusts him fully defensively yet. This is just me thinking of that because, you, you know, you look at the left hand side of the pitch and it's kind of Jorginho and Chilwell and Mount. So we all know Jorginho is limited in the defensive side. And then Chilwell's bombing up and down the wing. So it kind of puts Mount there for pressing and defensive presence. I, that's how I see it. That's the only reason I see why he starts on the left wing because he, he doesn't offer really much anything else, you know, besides, you know, that pressing and that energy on the left-hand side. 
but again, that's that's just me. So it's a mouth. Take it away. Very good. Uh, I'm I'm gonna continue it on. Yeah, this song's called Subtraction. Take it away. No, um, so uh, no, what you were saying there at the end is very interesting uh, about the the press in the industry because I think he's trying to replace what William gave us, and um, mm-hmm. I don't get that Not anywhere else. In my opinion, it kind of shows how important William was, uh, invisible of the GNAs that he didn't get as such. Um, and, and we've actually, since he's, you know, he didn't play the cup final, we haven't looked that good without. Sometimes even a player people don't notice doing all that work on off the ball really adds a lot to our game. Um, Mount on the left, yeah, it doesn't work. Of course it doesn't. I mean, his best position's, you know, playing in midfield. He's a midfielder. So, I mean, we have to take it with a pinch of salt because those are insulting him. It's not Mount that picks himself on the left wing, is it? Like, I mean, Mount himself, he was one of our best players last season. Uh, so I've got to um, second thing that I mean him playing it I come into the first question that you asked like should we accept him as an integral part of the Lampard system I think the bigger picture question is if that is to be the case then what are we going to accept when he plays in the Allegri system because it's becoming uh, Allegri system yeah that's what because at the moment we're seeing it I mean it's it, for me it's a huge detriment to the team because he's not doing anything with the ball and um, I mean, put him in midfield. He's got energy, industry. He can play the ball off one, two. He's a good goal scorer. What have we seen anything of him in the left? I mean, I I actually forgot he was playing. Um, you know, there was a game, the Southampton game. He, I don't even remember him having a few touches of the ball, apart from giving it away. And um, and again, that's not too much on him. He's playing in a position I don't think is really suited for him. Um, and and it. A really interesting point for me. I mean, I'm not obviously with the Lampard haters and all this stuff, but it's something we've got to look at. Why people, I mean, people complain about anything on Twitter. But if players are playing constantly out of position and we're winning games, yeah, okay, genius. Wow, we're winning games, but we're not winning games. I mean, we, we, we've won twice since the season started. We've got, and, and also, coming back to another point, is pride is also starting to get lost, in my opinion. Since the great result against City, you know, we, we've lost a cup final to London rivals. We've been knocked out of the Carabao Cup to Tottenham. We've lost to Liverpool. Uh, we, we've got nothing over rivals at this point. We nearly lost 3-0 to West Brom. Um, right. you know, this stuff is not good enough. It's not good enough. And, it, you know, we could start, but I mean, I'm not Lampard. I'm not a professional coach. I'm not going to say I know better than him. I don't. But when a simple fan like myself can notice the things we're doing, like playing Mount in the wrong position, it's not Mount's fault. We're playing defenders that are simply not good enough for the club. We're freezing out defenders that in previous systems did well, better than we're seeing now, 13 goals conceded in the league. So I think it's a much bigger picture than, than Mount's position. I think we need to look about the, look at what's happening in the whole team at present. Uh, you make a very, very good point. <laughs> at the touch of the Allegri thing, I think that's complete BS. I think, you know, like, CFC Saudi fans, I'm not sure if that's where you got it from. They're, no, like, probably the most they were BS sec- account there is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, though they were the second source I got it from. There was some other, yeah. another one. I, um, but, yeah, it's probably bullshit. And, and, you know, let's not get into any of that stuff. But, um, you know, we, we want Lampard here. We want him to succeed. But he's got to, you know, do better, simply put. Yeah, there's no doubt. And tomorrow's result is... I hate to say it, for me, it's huge. It's a huge kind of, you know, um, microscope on Lampard tomorrow. You know, yeah, if, we, if we get, if if we lose, you know, the fourth time in five games to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in 
you know, two seasons. I, pff, oh my god, that's that's not good. That is knives. not good. Uh, um, excuse me. The knives are gonna be out. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I understand we're away, and you know, but everyone, every, I don't want to hear the whole lack of preseason because every team is going through the same thing. Yeah. And you hear it in Lampard's press conferences. You know, hey, we haven't had this, we haven't had that. But every team is going through the same thing, my friend. It's not just us. So exactly. Exactly. We need, we need a performance tomorrow. We need a result. I, you know, I don't want to draw. I, for me, we have to win. Like I, I'm just sick of Man United. And I think Andrew said it pre-taping. We haven't beaten Andrew. Just how? How? When was the last time we beat Manchester United at Old Trafford? Yeah, I, I believe it was 2013, and and Juan Mata was I I believe the winning goal scorer as well. So that's pretty indicative of of how long seven it's been. Years. Yep. David, seven years. Seven years. David Luiz pretending to be injured, opening his eye. Beautiful game. Iconic. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if, you know, if if that is true, um, seven years is oh my, that's absolutely ridiculous. And I know in the history of the Premier League, no team has taken points off Manchester United more than us, um, and you know we need to keep that continuing. We need to keep that going. You know, they did the double over us last year, although we were the better team in the first game and the second game, and you know red cards should have happened, and so on and so forth. They still got the result that matters. Um, so yeah, let's move on to predicted lineups. You know, um, Andrew, I'll start with you. Formation and your and your team for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the prospect of a of a back three. So my center back pairing would realistically be Thiago Silva, um, flanked by Kurt Zuma, and uh, I would say Aspie as well. Uh, obviously, Edu Mendy in net uh, if he's available. Reese James, Ben Chilwell, wing backs. Um, I. I would like to see Mason Mount get a run centrally. Um, I, I think that we want Kai to still be our most advanced central player. Uh, Mason Mount and and Kovacic, I think, will be important. Uh, I don't think that this game cries out for Jorginho. I don't like Jorginho playing deeper against Bruno Fernandez, um, considering you know Jorginho's uh, inclination towards putting in a port challenge and and he's kind of emboldened to do that uh, so i would say kovacic mount kai havertz um as as cms would be wonderful to see and that front three i, I really do think if if we can get 70 minutes out of zh with little risk it's absolutely worth playing um playing hakeem zh and christian pulisic on the right and left respectively because i'd love to see them attack that gap between the wide center backs and and uh and United's wingbacks as well. And obviously, I, I think Timo Werner down the middle has to be the solution. And if he wants to drift wide, and maybe we see Pulisic occupy the you know space that he vacates centrally, I think that those are two players that we can absolutely see some fluidity between, unlike kind of the opposite of what we saw with, with Mountain Pulisic against Sevilla. So... Yeah, I, I think from a front three standpoint, Kai Havertz is our most advanced central player. Um, and then, yeah, the three center backs there are the, are the big uh, big parts of that lineup. And I, I think that's a, a side that can absolutely get three points and, and should get three points against United if they're set up correctly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do like the sound of that. You know, man for man, we probably beat them in every single position, you know, besides probably DM, but like, but I still rate Matic, although, you know, he's old and stuff, but I still rate Matic. And he's clearly someone we miss. 
Um, so yeah, man for man, I think we beat them. And, you know, like you said, Werner and Pulisic dragging, you know, Wampasaka and Maguire out of position. Yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. All for that. Um, so, Mav, same, same question. So, your lineup and formation for tomorrow, please. So, uh, as you as I've said before, I've gone three five two. Um, Mendy, obviously Mendy. No, Kepper in goal. No, M- Mendy in goal. Uh, Reese on the right hand side, full right, left hand side, Chilwell. Uh, Thiago Silva in the centre of this position. Uh, the three at the back, Ashbiliqueta one side, Zuma on the other. So that's those players in the centre. I would say probably Kante. Actually, I, I mean, there was a potential that Mount won't be in this if in the best lineup version of this because I forgot about Havertz when we were talking before. So it's more likely there. Kante, Kovacic, I would have gone for. Then Pulisic, Havertz, and Werner, Werner uh, higher up in, in that 3 5 2 formation. I think that those personnel are slightly stronger than the personnel we used against United in the cup final. And I think. With that, we will see even bigger success, theoretically. Um, that I mean, if that's actually what we're going to use, I think that's what we should use, whether or not that's what happens, because I've got the lineup wrong almost every time so far this season. <laughs> but also, we haven't won. Um, so, you know, let's take that with a pinch of salt. Um, but that's what I believe it will be, be like. I think Ziyech might come on towards the end, bit of magic. I actually think he might get a goal. I get the feeling he's, he's still a sleeping giant in the squad at this point, and we could start to see something from him. I would love nothing more than seeing that magician bag some goals. And that cool um, solo. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's go Mike and Mike. Yeah, um, so Mindy and goal. Um, I like that dude a lot. A hmm. lot. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I purchased his kit. I'm like, I'm all in on Mindy. Um, Reese on the right. Uh, it, it's a four-three-three for me. I mean, considering what I was looking into before we did this episode, uh, Reese on the right, Silva, and then honestly, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate seeing you know perhaps Rudiger uh, feature in this uh, in in the starting eleven, um, considering how shaky Zuma's been, and I'm not willing to chance it with you know a, a possible mistake that you know. As far as playing back a pass or anything like that, like he's done um, in recent games. Um, my left, of course, Chilwell. Uh, my midfield three would be um, uh, Jorginho, Conte, and, um, and Havertz. Um, Jorginho, yeah, I, I, I see the apprehension there because he's just a, a silly challenge away, but... I'm I'm banking on that being something that he does. He, he he seems to always be good for that key foul that you know prevents a a potential scoring uh, opportunity um, once they you know get rid of you know once they get rid of the ball. Uh, but yeah, and then the three would be honestly I would love to see uh, Ziek on the right, uh, Pulisic on the left, and then Warner or Werner in the uh, in the in the striking central forward position. Um, and yeah, I have Mount coming on. Um, he would be my, my, you know, my 12th man coming on, uh, basically. And, uh, Ziek, or I'm sorry, uh, Cho possibly, uh, spelling, uh, Ziek if he can't, uh, if we want to kind of bring him on slowly. Sure. You know, for me, it's, it's still 4-2-3-1. I think Nampa is just sticking with it. Um, so I'm going to go Mendy as well in goal. And I'm actually, this is what I think is going to happen, not what I would like to happen. 
I think he's going to go Azpi, Thiago Silva, Zuma, and Chilwell in the back. And then I do think it's going to be Jorginho Kante in the pivot because it, it just seems that he's, he's starting to trust Jorginho again. And Jorginho has been pretty decent in the last few games. Um, it's been you know penalties and assists and stuff like that. I just think he keeps his position. I um, mean, in the front, I, I hate to say this, but I do think Mason Mount is inevitable. I do think for some reason he starts at the left wing again. I just... I, I can just I just see it and I know it's going to happen and I know the timeline is going to absolutely just implode. Well, I I know Mason Mount is going to start. He's just but, who want, but who do you want to see though? Like we 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 know who do I want to see? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So who, who do I want to see? Obviously, I want to see Pulisic and Ziyech, but I just I can't say it because I just know it's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? I just it's so for me it's just so far fetched that the logic for ninety percent of the fan base, Lampard doesn't see the same way. So he's just going to start, he's going to throw Mason Mount in there on the left because he offers, like I said, some, you know, some combative engine on that side, you know, to potentially nullify, you know, the non-existent Wan-Bissaka who's terrible attacking, but he may see that as a reason to start him anyway. You know, for some, you just know Mason Mount's going to play. You know, I want Ziyech, Pulisic, and Havertz as the front three. Of course we do. And we want, and I want Timo Werner up top. But I just know it's not going to happen. So hence, Mason Mountain on the left, Pulisic on the right, and Timo up front. Um, yeah, that's, that's, as unfortunate as it is to say, I think that's basically what's going to be. And for the scoreline, I, I do think we scrape 2-1. I don't think it's going to be a great performance by us at all. But I do think we scrape a 2-1 win. Mike, what do you, what do you think about the scoreline? You're more optimistic. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm optimistic here. Uh, we got Mindy and goal. Are you kidding me? Like it's 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 three nil. I'm calling it right now. Three nil. Uh, and I, and and I'm not. I'm 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 gonna do some reverse psychology here because the last few episodes I've said, oh, Pulisic's gonna score. He's not gonna <laughs> score. You know, we're oh, actually okay. gonna get we're gonna get a Harry Maguire own goal. <laughs> Count it. Um, okay. Werner's getting one, and I love that. I love the Z, uh, the ZX shout, man. So, uh, uh, yeah. So by that, uh, we may get a Pulisic hat trick out of this whole thing. Oh, fair enough. Adju, what's your scoreline for tomorrow? Uh, I I would say in a moderately undeserved three to one. Um, I'm trying to manifest realities a little bit more these days, so. Uh, I'm going to try to breathe this into existence. I would love to see Akeem Ziyech score off of a direct set piece um, tomorrow. Uh, I think Werner gets one. I think we get a penalty as well, uh, whether it's one. But I I think Wambasaka looked so emboldened in his tackles against PSG. And I mean, he was just milliseconds or millimeters away from a pen multiple times. Uh, I think he's, um, you know, with all the controversies had off the pitch recently, he's going to come out with a lot of confidence and, and trying to make a statement again. So I could see him conceding uh, a penalty or Harry Maguire, realistically. Uh, how VAR triages that penalty, if it's rescinded, you know, that's, that's up in the air. Um, but I, I also... I do think they get a penalty. I don't think they score out of open play. Uh, exactly. I would love to. That's I would love I to see us keep a clean sheet. Yeah, it, yeah. So, you know, it's. Um, I, I would love that. And even if those goals were all against the grain of play for us, I am so content with that because I am. I am not at the point where 
we can say, oh, well, at least we looked defensively sound or at least we looked offensively intelligent because uh, I don't really think that's been the case that frequently this season and we haven't had results. So if it's a result and uh, and we're we're just basically hanging by a thread, I am perfectly content with that. So 3-1, set piece, penalty, and, uh, you know, I'd love to see, maybe give Mason Mount a shout for a goal as well, whether he's a sub or if he starts. Be lovely to see. Yeah, and then you to touch on the whole result thing. Yeah, this is a results-based business. That's the only thing I've always cared about. You know, everyone complained about the pragmatic 1-0 close-it-out wins that with Jose Mourinho. But, I mean, I will take back-to-back titles any day playing that kind uh, of football. Yeah. Any day. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Marvel, right? Yeah, I was going to say bang on with what you're saying there. For me, and then that's the same how it is for me. That It's the important thing is fucking winning. And, exactly. and, and there was like, oh, yes, we've got to do it with the, you know, 12-year-olds. And, uh, you know, and it's just like, oh, my God, just shut up. We've got to win. It, and, it, you know, all of this, you know, you can play good football on FIFA. You know, nothing <laughs> beats of your team winning the games, winning. I mean, you can press on FIFA all day and it's fun. You dominate the ball. But, you know, you, no one complains about not having any of the ball and playing badly if you win. That's the thing, right? And we need to... You know, it's all good playing well, looking high octane, all this stuff. We need to actually win games and we need to win trophies. I'd have been a lot happier if we were dominated in that cup final and we won. I'm still annoyed about it now. Yeah, exactly. And you bring up a perfect point when you say Arsenal as well. You know, Arsenal for the last God knows how long under Arsene Wenger played some of the best football I've ever seen. And they didn't win shit and they just finished fourth every single year. So yeah. I, I, and we, while we were... Defensive football with, you know, counter-attacking football with Conte winning the title, you know, pragmatic football with Jose Mourinho winning the title again. So, yeah, give me the titles, give me the, the clubs. That's all I want. Well, actually... Uh, Marv, yeah, your scoreline. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Go oh, ahead, sorry, my scoreline. I'll, I'll give you that in a second. But, yeah, no, I think you're right about that because, uh, you know, now... And, and people said to me when Arsenal in 2004 and they'd started to slip off and lose everything, and somebody said to me, Arsenal are such a future team. Uh, and that's what I hear about us now, and it frustrates me because I, I used to argue with these people saying, what is a future team? It's just an excuse for being shit. Like, what is a future team? It's a team that looks like it could be good, but whenever Arsenal would get close to that, the players would leave. And, right. and, and we don't want that to happen to us. People come to Chelsea because they know they have a chance of winning things. We've got to keep that culture alive. I'm not having any of that project shit. It's, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we needed to start something new because we'd slipped behind Liverpool and City, but theirs aren't going to last forever. When Klopp and Pep goes, they're back to back to fishing for another manager again and hoping that they have another 75 million cash cow. You know, they got a lot of luck. We need to understand that, too. They had luck like we just did with selling Hazard, right? So, right. so much more to it than just project start. You know, we're building. You know, there's so much more to it than that. Um, anyway, I'm going to come to your your score line. I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go over two one Chelsea win in this one. I think we might nick it. I, I I think if we play with the FA Cup system, we win, and it's quite convincing. And we lose one penalty or something. Uh, if we go to forty three one system, I believe we'll play like we did against Sevilla, but I think we'll actually catch a, a counter attack goal, and I think that'll give us confidence. Okay, perfect. All right, so we've all got wins. I like it. Um, we're gonna get to Twitter questions now. I think that basically, you know, we've summed up pretty much the Man United game tomorrow. 
and how we want to go about it. Um, so let's go on to the questions. Uh, first one comes from my guy, Harry, um, at HK Saratov. Uh, he asks us which Manchester United player will be, uh, will Chelsea be most concerned about tomorrow at either end of the pitch? And how do you think Chelsea should deal with said player? Uh, for me, it's two players, actually. Um, you know, it's Bruno Fernandes for one. Not because I think he's good. It's just because I think he falls down every two seconds and is incredibly deceitful and cunning at winning penalties and fouls. You know, so we've got to be careful not to do anything stupid, not to slide in and all that kind of stuff because at, at Old Trafford, they're more than likely, like we've all touched on today, that he'll probably get a penalty at some point. Um, and the second is Marcus Rashford. Um, I know he's not great. I know he's not amazing. But he tends to give us problems. You know, and he does turn into messy when he plays against us. And he, you know, he scored that incredible free kick, and he's never scored a free kick again. You know, he tends to he tends to show up against us, and that's just that's just me. So, Marv, go ahead. I can't believe it. You stole my take. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I also don't think he's a great player. I think, especially in the big games, disappears, misses open goals, doesn't deliver enough. But actually, against Chelsea, his pace, getting in behind, he always seems to have that. He always seems to guess something. Um, so he's one of mine as well. I think I think we're actually I don't know if we're as vulnerable to pacey work that we, we used to be, but I think if Rudiger played and Chilwell plays and Reese plays, we'll be able to deal with it. Um my second player is actually Pogba. Um and, and I say that, you know, there's a guy that can deliver quality balls and when you're not pressing in his face, which I don't think we really are going to, it's when he can deliver some of his best work. I feel like he can ping a nice corner ball. And those kind of corner balls that Aspie's quite vulnerable to. A corner ball into the fight, into the back post. That's where I feel like United could have quite a few chances. Um, and I think Pogba is one that can deliver that kind of thing. He hasn't been good this season for them, but I feel like he's due a performance. So those would be the two. Also, yeah, well, shout out to Harry. I uh, love that account. Good job. Good question. Absolutely. Yeah, Harry's my man. Andrew, take that question away. Yeah, I, I do I do agree with Rashford in it just does seem that he has our number and that that free kick I that was a that was a cup tie if I remember correctly that I I'm still traumatized by that honestly it was such an unbelievable free kick and it's difficult for me to force myself to verbalize that but you just can't deny how unbelievable his performances have been against us. Um, I do think Pogba is a great shout because I, I just think he's one of the most brilliant players out there and he's been quiet this season with the exception of a early round cup match own goal free kick deflection. So I think he's due kind of a, a breakout performance and hopefully if, if Ole has learned from United supporters frustration with him being played essentially as a six, um, if he gets unleashed against our midfield, in a system that we we might not be trained in. It doesn't seem like we're trained in any system at this point, but Pogba could absolutely have a field day. The one other that I'd bring up as well, and this isn't so much as how much of a threat that I think he is, but how embarrassed I would be if he were to be productive against us would be Edinson Cavani. I think that Thiago Silva, and honestly, all three of those center backs have more than enough quality to be able to keep him quiet for the entirety of his appearance if he if he plays uh, tomorrow. But that being said, I would hate to see Cavani do something to us uh, against us on his Premier League debut. It would absolutely kill me. So that's more of a, a, a worry based on the banter uh, implications of that. 
you know, now that you say it, I've got a feeling he is going to fucking score now. Yeah. It just seems to be that way. We seem to be that team that, like, everyone scores on the debut or does something. Yeah, we're um, a very charitable club. Exactly. And on top of that, hasn't he got a semi-decent record against us, you know, due from his Napoli yeah. and PSU days? I think he's he three defense. goals. No, uh, there you go. Okay, so that's, that's something to be scary, to be worried about. Uh, Mike and Mike. Super yeah, I know. I, I all those are fantastic arguments, and I could totally see every one of those things playing out. For me, it's a, uh, it's Bruno Fernandez. Uh, you know, for reasons stated already, um, the guy just finds a way to get a cheap, you know, penalty, get a cheap goal. Um, but yeah, the other guy that I'm concerned with is uh, is Harry Maguire because I have a feeling that he'll hurt one of our players and uh because he's such a goon and um so i would be uh I, i'm just worried about that I, I don't know why man i just i i worry that you know we have some players that have got that injury bug as it is you know ziek polisic um and he's just one of those guys that's just reckless on the pitch so i i would really like us to embarrass him have him get subbed off and i don't have to worry about that yeah, no, Bruno's Bruno's one of those guys who will do nothing all fucking game, and then either ping it in from like thirty yards or get a penalty or a free kick and something. It's just he'll have a disaster class and then score. It's just a guarantee. All right, next question comes from Nick at that Chelsea Pods. You know, shout out to Nick, man. I fucking love this guy. Um, and he asks us uh, if we would bring in Asp for Reese. Um, just you know, I'm assuming he means that for, for defensive reasons. You know, I personally would not. You know, I think we touched we touched on this a little bit earlier. You know, Reese is needed for me to help with the pace of the likes of Rashford, like we just said. Um, I can see why SP might start due to experience and being more, you know, somewhat reliable defensively. But I think Reese has got to start tomorrow just based on I think we all just touched on it today, just on pure physicality reasons. You know, Mike, do you, do you agree? Or yeah, can you see a reason no. for Aspie to start? No, I, I don't see a reason for Aspie to start, but Make no mistake about it. If he ends up starting, I, I'm not upset like I would be if Mason Mount starts on the left wing um, by any means in that respect. But yeah, I, I think he, I think Reese James is a must start because he offers that physicality and he can also offer that, um, you know, additional attacker on the right hand side that we will probably need in an effort here to to pin that team back um, for the majority of the game. Yeah, well, and Andrew? Yeah, I'm, it's funny. And, and I actually had a really uh, nice time taping after right on the tails of the Southampton match with Nick and, and Konark on, on his pod. So um, I really appreciate that question. I It's it's funny. It made me sit back and think, you know, did, did restring together a couple of, you know, poor performances recently? I didn't think that was the case. And then I kind of walked through our recent fixtures. I, I thought, you know, Marv said it as well. He was, he was pretty phenomenal against Sevilla uh, on a whole. Uh, so no, I, I think on form Reese in a back five or a back four, uh, I think that he is still the option in this match uh, based on what you said. The physicality is great. And I think that we're going to have center backs that are competent enough to cover wide if we do play back five, because, you know, at this point, even in a back four, we know that a lot of our width and a lot of our service into the box is going to be coming from Chilwell and Reese occupying advanced positions. So I think that there's absolutely a chance that Aspie starts as a third center back. 
but at right back or right wing back, I think that Reese is nailed on in, in any formation or mutation of the back line that we go with. No doubt. No doubt, yeah, Reese, has, Reese is going to play for me. Uh, Mark? Well, as you know, I've gone three five two, so they're both going to play. Um, oh, there you go. If they are, you know, if we do play the four two three, then uh, yeah, I would go with Reese on the basis of his incredible. I mean, I don't think we played well against Tavia, but uh, in defensively, we were very good, and I think Reese was very good in this. So, you know, one of the things is the ball's in behind, over the top, he seems to struggle with a little bit with the positions, but in terms of his one on one his pace to get up and down. I, I think he, and he's a youth player. I think we should persevere with when he makes little errors because some of the games he has delivered some very good football. And yeah, for me, he, he would play. Yeah, no doubt. Let's not forget he scored the absolute banger against oh, West Brom to start the comeback. It was West Brom, right? Yeah, it was West Brom, yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. It's Brighton. Brighton, fuck. Sorry, there you go. No, I knew <laughs> one of them. There you go. I've lost it. Um, the next question, actually, funny enough, comes from Consistent Asby, Um And he asks, what is our best midfield? Um, I guess it obviously depends on formation. Um, if we're sticking to 4-2-3-1, which I think Lampard is, you know, for me, it's Jorginho Kante pivot. Um, I just like the balance of those two as opposed to Kante and Kovacic. Um, with Ziyech on the right, Kai in the middle, and Pulisic wide. Um, Andrew, I'll start with you first on this one. Yeah, I, I'm still, you know, it's it's frustrating for me to see us not really improve or or uh, apply a philosophy to the four two three one. It is still my favorite position and how it accommodates the most players in their natural positions in our side. I think by far, um, I've really the Jovicic pivot has really grown on me as well. Uh, I absolutely adore N'Golo Kante, but. Um, I don't think it's going to be a moot point in this match. And I think that we are going to need to learn how to run with a different midfield based on a back three in, in these types of matches, because I think that versatility would serve as well. But ideally in a two pivot, I think Jorginho and Kovacic have been phenomenal. Uh, and then, yeah, everyone's favorite three behind Timo Werner is Kai Havertz in the 10 Pulisic on the left, cutting in on a strong foot and Hakim Ziyech on the right, cutting in on a strong foot as well. No brainer. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. And uh, Mikey Mike. Um, is, is this everybody's back from injury? Yeah, yeah, just our best oh, midfield, in your opinion. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I'm going to put Conte and Gilmore in there. Um, just because, you know, love, right. me some Billy, love me some Billy G. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I would, I would, yeah, you could, you could easily put, um, Kovacic as, or I'm sorry, Havertz as your as your third um, in that ten spot there, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Billy's going to offer uh, a different you know dimension to it. I don't think he's he's not going to get spun around like Jorginho as well in that pivot um, that we've seen um, in in certain games. So, um, barring any injuries here, those are my three guys that I'm putting in. Fair enough, I do <laughs> Billy G and. Oh my god, I can't wait for him to come back. I just hope he comes back fully, fully fit and like stronger than ever before. Um, I'm hitting those mitts, man. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I saw him. Yeah, he's, I think I think Lampard did say today. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was today or the other press conference that it's going to be a couple of weeks, but anytime soon. Uh, and Marv, what's your strongest midfield in your opinion? Oof. Well, actually, I mean, I've got so much to say which I'm not going to get through it all, but um. Picking Jorginho and Kovacic in a pivot is criminal and you should be ashamed of it. 
Um, it's not good enough to win leagues. And um, I mean, they're good players. I like them both. I'm actually a fan of both players. I think they're both very good at football. But in terms of a, this pivot thing needs to go. Without a big, strong defensive midfielder, it is never going to work. Um, right. I agree. It, it's only ever worked for us when we had good defensive players in it. And I remember the one, there was one phase where Matic, Matic and Fabregas were won the league. When Fabregas' performances dropped off, Matic did so much work. He even alluded to it. He said it was a very hard position to play. Then when Kante came, it was rejuvenated. We had the defensive midfielder, had a guy, and it made everyone think that Kante was a defensive midfielder, but actually was more of a roaming player. Um, I don't think players like Kovacic and Jorginho are meant for this, especially not together. Um, I mean, yeah, they could be part of a three, yeah, but I th- without a defensive midfielder, there is no best midfield, and that's a harsh reality. There's good players, but there, there are a lot of square pegs. A lot of square pegs. I do love the take from Mike. Um, for me, if, if I could choose, and I had to choose, I would pick Kante and Billy Gilmore too, I think. I, I was really impressed when Gilmore started playing. I mean, yeah, he could be bullied around a little bit, but I love his weight of the pass, the way he can get moves going. For someone at his age, it's incredible. And I hope that what we saw wasn't just a flash, because I think this we could have a serious player uh, with Gilmore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, probably more inclined to agree with Mike on that one. Yeah, on the, on the Gilmore thing, I think... Yeah, you know, he's he's only nineteen or something Oof. ridiculous. So he's got light years ahead of him, and he hasn't even reached his physical peak. So he's he's still growing. He's still growing into his body. He's still gaining muscle. He's going to be a phenomenal player. And the fact, like just like you said, the way of his passing, his distribution at this age, is absolutely freaking ridiculous. Um, so I can't wait for, to see him back in the squad. Um, next question comes from our very own Mister Analysis, Matt. Um, he asks us if we had to sell either Timo Werner or Kai Havertz, who are you choosing and why? This is a tough one. Um, for me, it's Timo. Oh. I hate to say it, it's Timo Werner purely on the basis of age. <laughs> That's literally the only reason I'm going for. You know, Kai Havertz is considered the next big thing. Um, you know, he's the one all the big teams wanted. He's the one who considered the next Ballon d'Or winner, the next so on and so forth. You know, you speak to all the American, I mean, I'm sorry, the American, the German journalists and people who watch German football, they're saying he's the next big thing in football. So Kai Havertz, just for that purpose, only literally no other reason. Um, my, my view, you can start on that one. Oh, that is a harsh question. My God, Very. Uh, I'll tell you, next Eminem, we're going to have this out. Um, <laughs> oh, so I actually... I mean, this is really difficult because I actually slightly prefer Timo as a player, but I would have to sell Timo. And the reason why, there's two reasons. Number one, I think that if we sold Harvards, there aren't many other Harvards you can get, right? If you sold Timo, you sell a great striker, a great quick player, a player that has a lot of potential. But if we sold Timo, we could buy Haaland. And I think Haaland is the next big striker in the world. Mm. And I think that that is like, I think that in that way we could shift. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it because I actually really, really like Timo. And, uh, and for me, I mean, I, I'm not kicking him out of the team. But I'm not sure there are many players in the world who can and will be able to do quite what Kai Harvitz can do at this point. That's a great take. Just the fact that we can get. You know, Erling Haaland. Oh my God, that's a that's a great point, Andrew. 
Yeah, I, I'm completely with Marv on that in terms of there is definitely a unicity to Kai Havertz being a six foot five silky natural 10 who can play in a pinch, you know, as an eight. Uh, he's absolutely a 10 in my eyes, and we shouldn't consider playing him out of position. But man, I mean, I, I, I can't rack my brain for a player, even, you know, through maybe 25, 26 years old, that's a similar profile to him. So in terms of the threshold, I, I do absolutely rate Werner. I, I, I think he's a lovely player. In every interview that I I uh, see from him, I, I think he has a phenomenal mentality as well. Uh, I love that he called sure. out our defense and and kind of the, the German mentality and how that deviates from, you know, how we're, how we're defending right now. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Marv's absolutely right. The way that we're any system that we're playing, really, especially if we're going with a lone striker, there are so many different types of profiles of strikers that you could just slot in like for like into the side without there being too much of a philosophical change. You know, Erling Holland would offer so much, you know, in his ability to be able to take pot shots, uh, settle the ball down for Kai Havertz, because we saw at Leverkusen how many goals Kai Havertz grabbed by just crashing the box a little bit late and, uh, you know, just pouncing on a ricocheted ball or pouncing on a, a nod on from a, from a center forward. So it would only be Werner to go because I think that that's a position where we can afford to experiment with different profiles of soul nines as well, especially if we keep going with the four, two, three, one or a soul striker formation, at least. Yeah. Great point, sir. And to finish it off, Mikey. Yeah, it's it's really like picking your favorite child. Um, <laughs> it really is, man. And I love Timo, and but I'm I'm in agreement with you guys, and that's a great uh, that's a great shout by Marv uh, with getting Holland. Um, wouldn't mind if we just went ahead and scooped up Timothy Ware from uh, Lil. That would be a bad idea. Uh, but no, um, if we ended up selling Havertz, let's go get Weston McKinney. Let's let's get this uh this American dream going. <laughs> What's the McKinney and, and, the other, isn't it? And, and and let's get uh Gio Reyna cuz we we'll, we could we could oh, pocket yeah. some of that dough. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like I believe that we will win. <laughs> I like that dude. <laughs> yeah, Gio Reyna is good. All right, real quick. I, I'm going to throw this in there. If you had to pick Verna or, or Holland just out of the two, just for shits and giggles. Who are you taking? Go ahead, anyone. Oh, Werner. Holland. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna pick. I, I'm gonna say Werner because he's a Chelsea player. So I'm always gonna, <laughs> always gonna back. Club, I'm always gonna back my player, right? Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I. But I got. I gotta see. I've gotta see Holland do it. Um, this season as well. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I think he's got <laughs> it in him to do it, but. Werner, man, he's he's about to he's about to start knocking some shit in for us, and yeah, I, Marv brings up an excellent point that I didn't even consider, which is yeah, we we have a current Chelsea player, so it will be yeah. a lot closer of a conversation uh, by the end of the season. You're totally I right. Would say, I would say, however, though, I mean, someone saying got Harlan do it. He's he's still been scoring in all the games. Yeah. Um, and actually, I mean, if we're going to be calling on that, I mean, they lost their Champions League game the other day against Lazio. He's the only one who turned up. A certain English player that everybody really pining <laughs> absolutely nothing again. We dodged a serious bullet 
with the whole thing with Sancho. I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. We're giving 120 million to to Dortmund. I really hope we don't. <laughs> for a lot, yeah. For Holland and Reina, maybe. For, for for a sack of magic beans. Yeah. <laughs> Holland and Reina, Jesus, that would be an insane coup. Oh my gosh. Anyway, moving on. The concierge of crime, our good friend on the LOF. If you don't know, then I feel sorry for you. Um, he asks, does Captain Aspie get the respect that he deserves from the fan base? It seems that the fans are always willing to leave Aspie out for James, even though both are solid options at our right-back spot. Uh, for me, I don't think he does. I, well, that's wrong, actually. I say it's kind of 50-50. But for the most part, I don't think Aspie gets the respect he deserves, just based on what he's done for us prior as well. You know, everyone forgets how integral he was in, you know, title-winning campaigns and, you know, trophy success and how consistent he's been, you know, from right-back to left-back. And he's played almost every minute of every game of every season. So, you know, he's, he, he deserves a lot of respect. And he's our captain, too, so we have to respect that. Um, Andrew, how do you feel about Captain Azzi and do you think he gets enough respect from the family? I do. And I think that you have to separate um, him being selected or Reese James being preferred from the the perception and, and respect from our supporters. I, w- I would say that, you know, the, the folks that don't rate Aspie or think that he's dusted or whatever, I, I think those are the only only few phrases I, I say I, I hear from the occasional uh outlier on Twitter is, um, you know, that he's old, that he's geriatric. I think he's still a phenomenal player, but I do think that the people that, that criticize Aspie are in the vocal minority here. So I, I like that it seems pretty consistent across our supporters, or at least who I have conversations with and, and am exposed to, that Aspie is really highly regarded in both what he's contributed over his long tenure at the club, but also that I think that Frank is absolutely comfortable leveraging Aspie. Uh, if we need him in a pinch at left back, he's done already. And if we need him at right back, if there's any injuries along the back line, I, I do think that Frank would, without hesitation, um, you know, uh, call Aspie up as well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Mark? Interesting point. I've got two answers to this uh, question. I think he definitely does get the respect he deserves from the fan base, from the people uh, going to games and the people online. Um, I think he's um, very much a loved figure. And I think actually, I'm going to say that was my yes answer and no from myself. So uh, I think I was actually not the fairest I could have been. I called him out for a lot of mistakes in the past, which he does make, but... When you praise for mistakes, you've also got to praise for the amazing things he's done. I never would have picked him as a captain. I never thought he would do as good as he has done. It was an incredible, uh, it's been incredible value for money. We've won so many things when he has played. I think that's enough to validate him as a, as a player for Chelsea. And, he, and he's been a very, very good player for Chelsea. And I think it's, uh, we don't want to have another situation of disrespect like we had with Ivanovic towards the end of his career, you know? I mean, yes, young players come in and he's still battled on. So, yeah, I think he does get his respect online. But I think, actually, I mean, he could get even more um, just because he's been, he's been a very good servant for the club. Absolutely. And Mike, finish off. No, uh, Espelicueta is a bum. Uh, you seen all those backside <laughs> runs that he gives up? Uh, no, no, I, no, man, I've got... 
I got a tremendous <laughs> amount of respect for for Dave. I think I think he does a I think he does a great job. And 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 as to Andrew's point, yeah, you can plug that guy in and um you know he's gonna give you he's gonna give you solid effort he's gonna give you everything that he has yes he's he has had his mistakes but he's also he's also played well he's come up he's turned up a couple of times as well even in recent matches and and um you know where he's just happened to score that random goal that just comes out of nowhere so man i i i think i think the world of dave i i love the fact that he's the only one that tucks in his shirt like he does um also yeah i mean but, but as far as like you know the fan base goes yeah i think he's slept on um in my opinion i i don't there are people that that you know adore him as well but i also feel like there are people um that don't give him the respect that he deserves and um you know it's um i i hope he finishes out his career here at chelsea and that uh you know we we look back on his career and go man that you know, Dave was Dave was a pretty solid player, man. There's no doubt anyone's going to deny anyone that denies that Dave was solid in his peak was just brain dead. Um, he was he was phenomenal for me. Uh, final question comes from Scott, our very very good friend um, at American Hoolies. Uh, it's, it's a strange question, but I'll have you guys answer. He asks, if I try to fail but succeed, which ones do I, did I do? Mike, you start that one. <laughs> you failed. No, uh, no, you you totally failed. Kind of, yeah, yeah, you totally correct. failed. You, you failed. You failed. <laughs> like, <laughs> you failed. Do we do we have any counterpoints to this? Or are we all in agreement? Yeah, no, no, he flaleeded. <laughs> he flaleeded. Yeah, I got you. No, I, I was. <laughs> Oh, I don't. I don't have the capacity to answer this question. I I think <laughs> Scott's Scott's trying to give me like my third mental break and existential crisis of 2020. So uh, I'm not even going going to indulge that. My apologies. Can I give it a try? No, not well, even yeah. worth it. Can I Come give on, it? Come a... right, let's, let's do it. Go on. So if you try to fail but you succeed, you've okay. clearly failed, right? Yeah, you you well, you uh, essentially you fucked up, right? I mean that's that's what it is. You, you might have, have fucked, down. fucked up, but no, you fucked upwards. Um, in that respect, <laughs> so, yeah, no, what you, you, yeah, you. It's it's you know it's General Custer's entire career as a military yeah. uh, general. <laughs> like if, seriously, if I could turn a phrase here uh, from the Bible that states, "Last will be first, and first will be last." If somebody aims to fail and then succeeds, you could say that they've succeeded even though they did not intend in which to succeed. They've reached a certain level of uh, gratitude in their life. They were thankful. So then they've succeeded. Not wanting to want is a want. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. All right. That's all the questions I've got. Uh, Does anyone else want to touch on anything prior to ending this podcast for tonight? There was another question, right? That's all I got. But if you've got one, feel free if you can pull it up real quick. Hello. There was one other question from the same guy, right? From what I remember. From Scott? Yeah, he said, what is the difference between a shadow and shade? Oh, and that was my question. And I oh. don't want to answer it either. I answered <laughs> Yeah, Marvan, please cite your answer for me, Marvan. Because we've, 
we've triaged that. <laughs> My answer to you was shadow is something that follows you and or a character from the gladiators. Shade is the area blocked off from the sun and also the essence of a derogatory term to throw shade at someone is to insult them. <laughs> Marv's uploading on Urban Dictionary, I know it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mike, you got anything for us? Real good. Uh, other than uh, Mindy, love that dude. Uh, I've I've now changed from like to love. Um, I'm telling you, that's save against some of you. That's that's boss shit right there. <laughs> uh, Mandy, right. Mandy's a cult hero already. Not just because of you know him being better than Kepa, which is obvious, but just his journey alone. I think everyone truly fucking respects that shit. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Anyone else? Andrew, Muff. No, we good. Good. All right. Okay. So tomorrow, big game. We have to get this result. We have to win. And, you know, depending upon how the result goes, we will be doing a podcast, you know, either happily or sad, or it'll, it'll even be good or bad, but either way, it will get done. So we appreciate the listeners. We appreciate everyone. Tune in daily. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Shout out to Deke for giving us this platform, and as always, my man. I'm going through it. But well, all love to everybody, and uh, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, my name is Kamal, and we'll be checking out. Andrew, final words? Yeah, I, uh, I can't wait for the fixture tomorrow. And I, I think it's completely reasonable for us to hold Frank's feet to the fire here and uh, expect three points. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I got really excited talking about a back three uh, with you guys today as well. So, uh, you know, I can't wait, and, and hopefully we'll be able to tape another pod in, uh, in jubilant spirits. 100%, 100%. And Mike, oh Chelsea at uh, Old Trafford, uh, United get ready, Daddy's home. <laughs> Daddy's home. <laughs> All right, got you. And um, Marvis, pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you very much, and I'll just close that with fortune favors the brave. Let's get the win and show who the dominant club in the Premier League is. Absolutely. Okay, guys. Next pod will be out shortly. After the result, hopefully it's within the next, you know, 40 hours or so we can get something done. But until then, as always, thank you for listening. Subscribe, rate us five stars, give us a kind review. And uh, we'll go from there. Take care.